1: Hello and welcome back to the Boost Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Leonard. Today's episode features a replay from a webinar I tag-teamed with my buddies, Julie Schumacher and Brian Lobig. Julie is a leader in integrated marketing strategy and helps companies drive success with brand strategy, social media marketing, website design, and digital optimization. Brian is a sought after speaker on networking, personal branding, SEO, and leveraging LinkedIn for business. During our conversation, we tackled questions around LinkedIn best and worst practices in light of COVID-19. Needless to say, we covered all aspects of Boost. Build your brand, optimize relationships, obtain more leads, secure thought leadership space, and tap into new markets. Grab a pen, and let's listen in. First and foremost, I wanna just thank everyone for joining us today. I know these are interesting times and and that's a great question, Julie, with regard to, so what and how can LinkedIn play a part given what's going on around COVID? I mean, certainly one of the um, more interesting ways or unfortunately one of the more interesting ways the gap that LinkedIn will fill is that a lot of folks are quite frankly being displaced um, from their current employment. And so LinkedIn is a an, an amazing location to, number one, build relationships. So connecting with one another, maybe reconnecting with people that we've lost touch with from a business perspective, but then also identifying what your next move might be, using it as a tool to um, identify future employment opportunities, but also using the platform very um, intentionally around sharing your thought leadership um, from the perspective of what's going on right now in the world, in and around the world. So, you know, if you have a healthcare background, I know, um, I think it was Tasha maybe has a wellness background. And so being able to equate what's going on around wellness and providing strategy or or tips or thoughts around, okay, during this time, what is self-care mean to people and really getting out and and having movement in your life and the importance that that will serve in terms of just our overall health and wellness during these times. Or, you know, for folks, if they have some sort of um, meditative background or some sort of um, coaching background, being able to share your thought leadership around how can coaching or meditation and things like that help navigate these challenging times that that we're in right now. So it's really using the platform as a way to share your thought leadership, your background, your skill set in order to help people better navigate what we're going through. Now, what I will say before I turn it over to my buddy, Brian, is what it's not a ever a good idea to do is to really just use it as a tool to just explicitly and solely just market, 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 market. I recently reshared um, a post that a dear friend of mine put up who, um, Sharon Washington, she shared it's, um, we've all heard of like um, Maslow's um, hierarchical, uh, um, I'm mispronouncing it. Hierarchy. Hierarchy of, Hierarchy need. of,
2: yeah. <laughs> Hierarchy of need. We all follow you. <laughs> we're, we're all having fun here. We're
3: right, we're right on track with
2: you. <laughs> but it's thinking, you know, thinking
1: in terms of, okay, instead of me marketing and being putting myself as a retailer, I need to put myself out as a resource. Right. And so it's shifting our focus from a marketing perspective on how can I be a resource as opposed to a retailer, to people, in order to fill a gap or a need, a very fundamental need that all of us are feeling right now—safety, right. right? So, um, so yeah. So, those are the couple of things that come to mind really quickly.
2: Brian, anything to add?
0: I, I, I totally subscribe to everything Kelly said. Um, I think, I think the best use of LinkedIn right now is what I would call anti-social distancing. People talk about social distancing. A lot of people I think a lot that term in your brain actually creates a problem in my mind when you're because at this time we actually need to be more socially connected. And uh, th- th- this way through social media, through Zoom, through LinkedIn in particular yeah. is a way we can really uh, maintain those, those human connections with each other and, and not be socially distant. Um, I would say it's more like physical distancing than social distancing. I, I, I would rather it be termed that way because it puts the you know the idea in your mind. You need to be apart from people, and really, this is the time we need. We need to become closer together as we can in this in, the, in these kind of venues. Uh, one of the one of the I've been I was been looking at a few ways that people have been doing this really well. And Natasha's husband Rick um, has created like a little online take five. Um, video series and Weston was the most recent person. I'm going to put the, I'm going to put the link to it on LinkedIn. He's doing the, He's doing like a little video series on zoom, like interviewing people for just five minutes and about what are you doing? How, how is this, this situation affecting you? How is it affecting your business? And what are you doing to kind of cope as a way to kind of um, connect with people and a new way to kind of connect with people in this, this um, in this current environment. Nice. Um, there's another guy, he's not on this chat on this uh, zoom, but um, he calls himself Polish Mike. Um, polish uh, polish your business um he's doing uh videos uh, just like uh weston rick pamela vines uh, are they're posting videos on on their response on on that that philosophy of how you can be of service to people how you can help people in these times of me as opposed to promoting a product how can you be of be of help and service Um, I I
2: totally agree with everything that you're saying. I think the physical distancing is a really valid um, piece because social distancing, we are all dealing with that, but really it's that just putting a little space between you, but technology has always gotten a bad rap about you need to unplug more. You need to connect with people more. And in, in this climate, it's like, this is what's putting us all together. Yeah, And I started doing some workshops early on with people who were like struggling with the social media. And Brian and I connected with Google Analytics. Actually, that's the reason why we're doing this is Kelly actually reached out to me from that and said, this is great. And I said, let's do LinkedIn because there's so many professionals on there to get them connected. So I think, uh, you know, I really appreciate what you're saying. And I think just the professionals that are on today, see the value in connecting and using this virtual, um, these platforms and channels to connect. So thank you so much. Anybody else have a question? No. So one of the things that uh, always comes up is what type of content and Kelly, you touched base on this, you know, what not to do, but people are always talking about what kind of content should I share on LinkedIn? Do you have any uh, perils to share with us? Yeah. So, I mean, I think you want to make
1: sure that you it's knowing your audience, right? It's, it's knowing who are my ideal peers, partners and prospects that I want to attract And so, and it's also, I think, making sure that you keep in mind that LinkedIn is a business platform, and just being smart. So I always equate um, LinkedIn to the boardroom, and all the other platforms as the barbecue. And certainly, there are things that we would say and do in a in a at a barbecue that we wouldn't say or do in a boardroom. And so applying that same philosophy inside of the content that you're sharing, you know, um, while you may work in a really loose environment and it's okay to say certain things in a boardroom and in the typical boardroom is, you know, you have to think about well, what's socially acceptable and making sure that you are, um, obeying those rules, if you will, even though a lot of them are unspoken. Um, one of the things to be really mindful of is I think, um, since more and more of us are perhaps, uh, coming to work in our pajamas, if you will, you know, because we're all, uh, working remotely or working from home, make sure you don't show up in your pajama attire <laughs> on LinkedIn, right? Because I, I, I think no, we could all admit. We'll all admit that you come to work differently, even when you're remote working. When you show up and you dress, as opposed to I've got my sweatpants on because I'm feeling a little loose and all this. And so, making sure that you show up in a suit and tie, and I'm throwing up air quotes when you're showing up to LinkedIn. Based, on, use it when you're when you're sharing content. Make sure you show up in your suit and tie and not your pajamas. Essentially, is what saying.
0: I see Weston has Weston has his hand up. I'm gonna unmute you. Hit hit your unmute again.
4: There you go. Cool. Uh, yeah, I just had a question. This, uh, this is for for everyone who's been commenting and sharing uh, thoughts on this so far with you know COVID nineteen, all of our response to this, and how to utilize LinkedIn at this time. I'm just curious about um, given in terms of our, uh, prospecting and how you're able to reach out to people and best help them. Cause I know a lot of people I'm working with right now, who are trying to figure out, you know, how do I, you know, how do I market myself at this time? And of course I'm doing it from the video perspective, but you know, I'm wondering how everyone here is able to get the word out and be helpful. And just some of the tactics and types of content you're all using to be able to message yourself during these times. So just kind of a curiosity about how everyone's doing it here. So, uh, like I've seen some of the stuff, Brian, you've been doing. So um, yeah, I, I kind of know, you know what, what some of the things that people have in their messaging. And so I'm just kind of curious about everyone's response here uh, to the COVID-19 uh, situation.
0: So I'm not going to unmute everyone. That would be chaos. So if you have, if you would like to answer Weston's question, raise your hand. And I know Tasha had her hand. That might be an unrelated question.
1: And Weston, one thing that I would say I know more recently, one of the posts that I had shared was I was actually looking back to previous shows for Small Business Network and one of – The post that I recently shared was around recession proofing your business because, you know, again, quite relevant, but it's a way to keep relevant content in front of my LinkedIn community that potentially could be helpful. Now, as we're sharing this information naturally, like with your videos, I think it's a great way for you to not only... Um, showcase a particular topic that might be relevant to your LinkedIn community, but also it's highlighting your expertise, right? So you're still kind of marketing, promoting, selling, branding, but you're doing it in such a way to your point where you are perceived as being resourceful along with by the fact that, oh, wow. And he happens to do videos. Wow. You know, when I have a video need, I'm going to be sure to reach out to Weston. So I think it's just, we need to be unique and creative and how we approach it but always thinking okay how can i serve people is what i'm sharing going to be of service or to in service to people
2: and, and building on that, I think video is such a good way of telling your story. And we all right now have stories. We have yeah. business stories. And we want to stay connected to our customers. And there's a lot of uh, people hurting. So just being connected and staying connected and having messaging for them is really important. And then being able, like Kelly said earlier, to to really position yourself with your audience and what their needs may be because right now a lot of businesses are going from these non-digital spaces to digital and they may need that expertise i don't brian i know that's your space too that you're helping a lot of companies go ahead
0: join me and tasha
5: um you know just to piggyback on what kelly and julie were saying really i mean Kelly, I totally agree with you. I think there's a place for, you know, the boardroom and just kind of the energy of LinkedIn. And there's also sometimes where, you know, people are putting stuff up there and I'm thinking, do they think they're on Facebook or <laughs> Instagram or a porn site or where do they think they are exactly? So, yeah, I mean, I think being of service, first of all, just, you know, um, putting things out there, things that'll educate and really help be, you know, other people is, are great things to put up. Yeah. Um, personal development always, there's always room for that. And just, um, connecting with each other. Um, I don't know if you guys know, but. Um, like Brian's got a lot of work wives, so um, yes, he, he does. He, he's my partner in C4 and C4 Networking, Explosive Networking, and, um, you know, we always try to accentuate how important it is to connect with each other and connect each other on LinkedIn and social media and all, so we can be looking out for each other and, you know, see what you guys post and share them and comment them and, and like on them and, you know, things like that. And then just have that, you know, going further and further. Don't you agree? Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, totally. And building on, I know our focus today is LinkedIn. Oh. And uh, the boardroom but when you look at the other channels I always say Facebook's the water cooler conversation and Twitter's the newsroom conversation Mm -hmm. So when you're looking at trying to get your tone on different channels just to kind of deviate for a little bit that's kind of where I always that's always my sweet spot
0: and Connie had her hand up and
1: so does Heather so don't leave her out also
0: (laughs) okay (laughs)
5: okay Um, I just want to jump in and, and this is a very valuable discussion and it is really nice to connect with people online Um, I've been aware, so I'm involved in the BNI, I'm involved in BNI as well, and I'm involved in the chambers and all, and so I have a lot of information about what's going on, um, but a lot of people don't, so I've been really trying to proactively, not go out and share like every little thing that you could get if you went to the chamber website, but really highlighting, say, going to the chamber, or people like in my BNI who are fabulous at exercise science, and they've figured out how to do at least some online, obviously when we go back to real life, we will, but I've been trying to highlight people, even if they haven't asked or even if I don't think I'm not worried about them specifically, either through sharing posts on LinkedIn or anywhere, or also um, giving testimonials to people online, any of the kind of things that people will be glad to have, even once we get back up
2: and together. Yeah. Hi, Connie. Thanks. Hi, (laughs) Julie.
6: I'm going to give some snaps to the testimonials. I totally agree with that. And um, in general, it's always a great idea to um, give credit to other people. I find I just get the most traction when I do that, and it makes me happiest, and it's how I get energy. Um, Going back to Wes's original comment, um I recently speaking of giving credit to other people um posted about um a good zoom trick is which I'm trying to do is having the zoom right at like eye level and it's actually kind of fun when you can like kind of meet eye to eye if I have it on my I don't I'm doing it on my laptop not my computer but you can actually be kind of eye to eye sometimes and it's pretty groovy um also tips like investing in like a super cheap tripod selfie stick um, is really helpful and and it just makes you feel like less stuck up when you're not like looking down or something so it's something about having it at eye level that's good so tricks like that I can also tell you Wes if you want to coach me I need to create some yoga videos for my mom wants me to do some chair yoga for her and I was also going to post that because Yeah, she's never wanted yoga before in her life, but now she wants me to do some chair yoga. So, um, you know, coaching people on techniques for, you know, how to create these like little, you know, this e-sports, for example, which is now a trend, as you probably know. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you, if you want to get a little practice coaching someone on this stuff, that's me, that would be great. Or both Wess's, Wes's, I'll both take both of you. Um, <laughs> but I can tell you that right now that's like a real need. So, um, yeah, those are my two tricks is, um, you know, crediting other people and then, um, serving needs. I mean, it's, you guys already pretty much said that, but I, I was also basically pandering for some free consulting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm already I've like you chugged my uh my drink. So I'm I'm tipsy. It's this is about happy hour, you know? <laughs> Anything
2: else to add there, Brian? Uh
0: no, Anybody else have a question? You wanna raise your digital hand or raise your physical hand so we can see you? <sighs> Tasha.
5: So I don't have a question, but I just wanted to say to Heather, if you're doing um if you're doing yoga, we're doing um, a few events on Zoom that under kind of C4 networking, but like off the other thing. And we're trying to do like, you know, workouts with personal trainers. That And if you wanted to do a yoga one, we would love to have you. I'm in. Boom.
2: Just like that. That's how it happens. <laughs> Beautiful thing. Networking. <laughs>
6: Yeah. I also want to start like a a dance off challenge. Like I've been having fun. I've been challenging people to dance offs. We could start right now, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I might have
2: to have another glass of wine for that one. <laughs> now, did anyone join the DJ
6: party? I've just been challenging people, like sitting and people have been sitting back like little videos. It's actually been pretty hilarious and like J- mm-hmm. gifs, and I don't know how to do GIFs or the boomerangs. I feel so old by the way. Technology makes me feel so old. So oh yeah, Wes's teach me how to do a boomerang. I'm sorry, I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> all right
2: does anyone else have any questions LinkedIn? because i I know one thing that always comes up that i always love to ask uh kelly and brian i know i've i've done it on occasion is the profile to be written in third person or first person that's always been one of the big you know what should we do which is right or wrong do you want to tackle that brian you want to kick us off
0: yeah we we are different different camps so yeah. we have two schools of thought <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so uh my approach opinion and approach is to write uh your profile in the first person people know it's you and um and if my my feeling is when you're writing in the third person you know you're writing about yourself <gasps> people who who yelled <laughs> <laughs> really? I, don't
6: know. I don't know that wasn't me i okay. don't know no. <laughs>
0: That was probably Heather. She's um,
2: no Heather was quiet.
0: He was my dog. And so I, I've I've always kind of had it written in the first person. I've kind of gone back and forth, you know, with third person, first person. Um, I I understand Kelly's your Kelly's perspective, which she'll give you in a minute. Um, but I I like the the kind of personal approach. I am I provide this. I do that. LinkedIn is is a personal kind of a branding platform and so i think i feel like the tone is more authentic my opinion feels more authentic when you're talking about your yourself as opposed to somebody else who's who's uh writing about you like ghostwriter um so i kind of like that uh so it two two totally different schools thought i kind of i like the uh the first person uh perspective of writing your linkedin profile kelly
1: So it's not that I don't like the first person. It's just that I prefer third person. And the only reason why I typically recommend third person is because as we are uh, coaching or consulting clients around constructing their LinkedIn profile, specifically that about or the summary section, um, we always uh, advise them to really write it, share information That's going to showcase the value that you provide in a business relationship. So you essentially want the person to walk away after reading that information, thinking that, OMG, Heather walks on water and glows in the dark and So for me to read and to understand that, wow, and to walk away with that impression that, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed by how amazing this person is. If I articulate that kind of content and I do it in first person, it's going to be like, I did this, I'm this. And someone could potentially, after reading that, think, oh, wow, Kelly, you're also full of yourself. Isn't that interesting and fun, how prideful and arrogant you appear to come across in your LinkedIn profile? And so because of that, again, because our goal is to make sure that it's written in such a way where it really leaves a strong impression as to you are the bee's knees, For us, we recommend that it be done in third person. And again, because in third person, when I'm reading about how amazing Julie is, and it's in third person, Julie did this or Julie contributed in this way, I'm thinking, oh, wow, someone's edifying and speaking really nicely or highly about Julie, as opposed to Julie's puffing herself up. So it's really just a psychological shift. But again, I see the value in both, but my preference is third person.
2: Yeah, I do too. And I think that the great thing about all of this is that there's always different perspectives and you kind of need to figure out what works right for you and how you feel about it. Now, would it change anything if you were looking for a job? Would third person be a much better, if you were, you know, going through transitions um, and you were looking at career changes, would that impact that? I should not be used in third person. Brian,
0: that's directed to you, I I assume. I, I like first person, especially when <laughs> looking for a job. <laughs> so you're talking about yourself, promoting your your skills and abilities. Get
2: close and personal. <laughs> and
0: when I read the third person, when I read a, a profile from the from the third person, I'm thinking this person is really trying to, you know, pu- you know, puff themselves up from their third person perspective. This seems very inauthentic. So it's different, you know. Oh, uh, that's the way my brain my brain works. <laughs> that does kind of segue into um another question which is commonly asked on LinkedIn, which is uh who should you connect with on LinkedIn? Ah. How you connect with uh Everybody who requests, how do you decide who you, who you should accept connection requests from? There's also a couple of different schools of thought and practice on that. So I'd love to hear uh, Kelly's thought on that one.
1: Okay. So I, <laughs> and I know some of you are going to like give me the side eye when I share this perspective. So you've got different extremes on the one extreme. You've got some people who say, Oh, I'm only going to connect to people who know who I know personally on the far other end of the spectrum, you've got folks who, if you look like you've got a pulse, I'm going to connect to you. And I swing kind of in the center. Um, I essentially vet people, if you will, by putting them through a process. Number one, I'm highly unlikely, unless I know a person to accept their request to connect if they send me a generic you know, Bill wants to connect to you. Cause I'm like, okay, Bill, you don't even have the time to like say hi Kelly or say anything like to me, that's the equivalent of if we were at a traditional networking event and you're just card chucking, right? It's like, you don't really care about anything that I've got to say or any value that I could potential or building a mutually beneficial relationship. You're really just trying to get your information out there and or to just expand your network. I, um, will I approach my network and I have a very large network of probably just under 7,000 people. I have had either a personal conversation and or met face to face with 90% of the people that I'm connected to. I never want to be in a position where someone reaches out to me. Let's say it's, um, I don't know, Julia is looking for a job and she calls me and is like, oh my gosh, Kelly, I see that you're connected to Sarah and I'm interviewing with her tomorrow. I never want to then have to say to Julia, oh, I don't know her. I'm just connected to her on LinkedIn. Like she's one of the thousands of other people that I'm connected to. I want to, at a minimum, be able to tell Julia Hey, you know what? I don't know Sarah intimately, but in a quick five-minute conversation with her, this is what I picked up, and you can feel free to use my name and let her know that you and I spoke. Um, and so, number one, the person needs to look real. So, because, again, when I see these invitations come through, if you're... Roger from Romania and you've got 12 connections and magically you want me to be the 13th one that screams of hacker. So I won't connect with you. Number two, we've got to have someone or something in common. Um, someone, so another person, something, maybe we worked at a same company, even though we didn't know each other when we were there, we have similar backgrounds. We went to the same college university, what have you. And number three is I will only accept someone's connection request. If I don't know them, if I believe that I've got at least five minutes to invest to getting to know, invest in getting to know this person. Because again, my goal is not to just connect for connection's sake. My goal is to connect to build meaningful, mutually beneficial relationships so that I can be in a position to serve my network and vice versa. So I do not accept everyone's connection requests. And I will, in a New York second... Click the I don't know this person if if I really if you catch me on a bad day. <laughs> so <laughs> word to the wise is when in doubt, always personalize your message because more and more people are become are scrutinizing their networks because they're getting tired of the okay, I connect with you, and no sooner I connect with you, you launch into your marketing or sales pitch around how you're the best thing since sliced bread. So people are being more and more uh, critical and discerning around how
2: they are and who they are letting into their networks.
7: Yep.
2: Yep. Really good advice. I kind of follow that as well for myself.
0: We're, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty close to that um, that strategy as well. I like to, I use, I have about 2,200 people in my LinkedIn network, and I know every, I've met every single one of them. Um, in either, I'm getting to more know more people digitally um, because of this coronavirus. Actually, I'll connect with some people who who have attended like business networking meetings, like mm-hmm. C4 meetings, C4 networking meetings, or BNI meetings, who have only met digitally. Normally, I don't do that, um, but you know, if I've had some you know some kind of an interaction with them where I've seen their face, I've talked to them, like Kelly is saying. Um, I know something about their business. I can recall their face because I use, I use LinkedIn to give and give and send and connect people and make referrals and give referrals. If anybody can look at my, look into my contacts and say, Hey, how do you know this person? I can tell you where I met them, how I, how I know them, what kind of business they do, and if you should do business with them or not because I, I know a little bit about them. I know exactly how, you, one of the things you know about people is how they may if you don't remember what their business was, you know how they, make, how they made you feel. Yeah. That's one thing that's really strong in the human brain. Um, like I might've forgotten that I met Wesley at a IO spaces networking event, but I know, I know strongly, like when I met him, his wife, it was just like an over abundance of joy and interest and energy that I felt that I can just, I can just recall that instantly. Um, and so that that's kind of so I I really like the idea of I use my LinkedIn to really I that's how I can, I don't accept connection requests. One of the things, one of the ways I handle like random connection requests because I do get as as we all do probably we probably all get these random connection requests from people you don't know. The way I handle it is I always reach out to that person um almost always I'll reach back and say hi thanks for thanks for connecting what motivated you to connect? 50% of those people do not even respond to my yeah. request, you know, about how, you know, how or why. Yeah. And so then I just ignore them. The other people who say, hey, well, I saw that we had somebody in common, or I think you could use my my product or something, then I'll say, um, I, I'll tell them my little strategy for, you know, I'd like to connect with people that I've met face-to-face on on LinkedIn, connect with me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat, or I usually send them to Twitter. That's kind of my default. Or MySpace. Uh, my MySpace. MySpace. I do. I used to have a MySpace. I
5: know you what did am I MySpace.
0: <laughs> About that you never check. <laughs> it's
2: historical.
0: Um, but uh. And, so, and then if they don't want to connect with me there, That's then. That's my uh,
2: Alignable. I'll be honest.
0: <laughs> alignable, yes. Yeah. I'm getting Dan, business from Alignable. You're a
2: fan of that. I, I'm just. I, I like my LinkedIn people.
0: I've been, I I actually We Alignable helped us helped me sell out the last LinkedIn local meetup event. Wow. We probably had a half a dozen people uh, that only knew about LinkedIn local through Alignable and I've so I'm connecting with that I use a different strategy for Alignable. I connect with anybody and their sister on Alignable. Um, I don't have to know them or meet them or like them. One, because one of the things about Lineable is different than LinkedIn is Lineable is hyper local. Like yeah. they will, you they will only connect you or recommend people that you're in like your really local community. Chevy like well, I'm in really right in Kensington, and so they'll only send connection requests around Silver Spring, Chevy Chase, and you'll be able to see that they're from Chevy Chase, they're from Silver Spring, and then um, and then and then it gives you kind of a, a natural local connection with those people on, on Lineable.
1: Hey, and I see Heather had a question. What does IDK, so I don't know this person, do? So if you get enough of those, um, you'll kind of, well, for lack of better description, you'll be blacklisted, so to speak. And LinkedIn can shut down your account because they're perceiving you as potentially being a hacker. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you you don't
6: want to get a lot. Of those. I was wondering, yeah, that's what I was wondering about. I mean, I'm the same way. I always send a personalized message unless I'm like on mobile and I forget to like click the thing. But in general, I like to send a personalized message. Um, And I feel like if you can't even bother to send me a personalized message. Also, I really hate the, I'm sure you've gotten these, the like, hey, beautiful. It's like, what? What? (laughs) You know, it's so funny. Lately, I've
1: heard a couple of people come to me and they're like, what do I do about these men that want to date me on LinkedIn? I was like, should I get offended? That I've never had anyone do that to me? I have not had anyone do that to me. You know what? Maybe it's because we're using third person, Julie. It's the third
6: person charm. I use first person. (laughs) This makes sense now. I am too personable. See, Brian? See? it's that authentic
2: first person Brian this,
0: this is why you want to use first person
2: <laughs> well it depends what no, your goal you... is that's what we always talk about what is your goal right?
6: women use third person men use first person right. well, yeah. maybe,
0: it's, maybe it's a matter from ours you know, <laughs> women are from it, it
5: has happened to me and I do use first person so I'm ah, maybe that's we're on to something we should write a blog about that there, right? yeah. hey <laughs> you guys the other thing that I really don't because I do I like to try and at least exchange messages sometimes you know and sometimes I'm looking to meet you know different people so I at least want to exchange those messages but the people who send you the messages that are obviously just copy and paste from their whatever they need to get done um yeah not not doing that at all
2: well and that's always good to know on the other side too because when you're trying to reach out and you know, prospect, and it's come up a right. conversation, you know, that you need to personalize it, go find someone who's a connection. Um, and, you know, Brian had mentioned, like, I use my LinkedIn as an e-connection. That happens all the time. And it's really nice yeah. when people can connect you, because then it's like you have a soft connection. So I always make that recommendation for people is, you know, go to your LinkedIn profiles, go look at people. And if there's someone you want to meet, and someone knows them, connect with them first. So instead of being like a blind templatey kind of.
3: So Brian unmuted me. And so I'll take this to make two comments. One was, well, I'll make the comment, then the question. Um, I don't, I have a very different strategy because I'm business to business. And so, and I can work globally. um, So I always accept people who have like, four or more similar connections and I know some of those connections Um, or I accept if I think they're going to be a client uh, or potential collaborator and I accept um, people that are just in a similar parallel business because, and again that does, they're a potential collaborator, they're a potential reference. and So so for me LinkedIn is about kind of Getting out, sort of what I do and the value proposition of that, and um, you know, I'm I'm less about um, kind of when it's business to business. I find that the a lot of the advice of like, are you feeling this way? It just doesn't resonate. Nobody answers. a lot of more people respond when I, you know, put up an article from Forbes or something.
6: Mm-hmm. So,
3: so it's a it's a very different dynamic than um, than when you're sort of developing relationships in that way. So, um, then the other thing is, uh, my question was, uh, I only have ignore or accept. Where is the I don't know this person? If you click, or when you click, uh, ignore, yeah, yeah.
1: then it'll pop up and say, it's like next level. Not
3: only am I going to ignore you, but I'm sending you to timeout. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, because a military recruiter has tried to, like, connect. And I'm like, hmm, this just doesn't seem quite right. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah.
2: Any mm-hmm. other
1: questions? I think I saw George. Didn't George have his hand up? Or Let he- me...
7: Uh, pop back in here. So I was actually sending somebody a message. They responded. So hello, hello. So um, I have really been exploding on Zoom. Um, I've been on a number of things. Some of the people here on this chat uh, repeatedly in the last few weeks. So obviously being cooped up sucks, but it's not the worst thing. I'm meeting quality people. So um, the new thing is when you're in a group, and it's a Facebook really habit of people tagging you in a group, But I found that I made some excellent connections here by people taking pictures of the screen, such as Natasha had done last week, and tagging me because, in in turn, I was making connections that I wanted to make um, and also reaching out. Basically, what I do is a referral capacity. I do individual health insurance, and I'm licensed in a number of states. But we have something that puts you in the mindset of saying, hey, I heard about a need from A, and this person can recommend B. So very rarely am I using LinkedIn to solicit people openly, but I will send a personalized message saying, hey, I, you know, I'll call people. I call Julie in advance because I realized I had a couple of mutual interests from uh, interacting with the senior community, so we had a nice chat before. But I think, as I commented in the chat, I rarely saw people in their, in their, teen, in their late teens after, college, after high school and early 20s getting on LinkedIn. I do now. OK, so it's like it's becoming kind of not exactly the cool thing that Snapchat is, but you can have a conversation with people. TikTok. I'm 48. I could have a conversation with younger people as well as older people about this. So you're on LinkedIn. And a year ago, it might have been turning the nose up and saying, looking at you like you're from outer space. But now it's entirely different. And I really think it'll replace resumes for not, you know, not too distant future. So, you know, but I just wanted to thank you again. Um, this is fantastic. And uh, I am a resource, as I said, um, you know, from network. Also, Brian, I'm very supportive of LinkedIn Local in Baltimore. Um, and uh, yeah, I probably said. And uh, that's a pretty big marquee. It event. is. Yeah, for anyone up here that we get out of this funk and you want to meet some really key people, I can't recommend it enough. So.
1: Yeah, that's a good crew up there.
7: Yeah. So just today one of the or one of the uh, committee people you know she's also running for Woman of the Year for leukemia lymphoma mm-hmm. so I you know commented and then that started training about twenty other people and then she tagged thirty twenty five or thirty others to join a webinar where I'm heading to at six thirty and that's where I've got to excuse myself but uh you know we'll be in touch
0: that that makes me think of another little LinkedIn hack um that that helps generate extra visibility connections and business for people. Uh, I, when I became the LinkedIn local kind of facilitator after Kelly uh, asked me to help take over that event, uh, LinkedIn local actually has a business page. And so one of the things I had the Tamika and I did was we added LinkedIn local as a job, like as a a, a recent experience, like one of our, you know, like you can go in your job kind of section. And, and so um, I put, you know, that I'm the host, co-host of LinkedIn local. And when you do that, whenever you add a new job experience, it's not very common. LinkedIn really pushes that out to all your connections. Like if people see that and then they're constantly saying, congratulations, congratulations, you know, T- tell me about the LinkedIn local. And then anybody who is in that particular uh, group, like anybody who is also connected to LinkedIn local as the business page, will also reach out to you. So I made like probably a good dozen connections throughout the world of people running these LinkedIn yeah. local groups. I connected with somebody from Seattle who runs uh, LinkedIn local and is also a Google local. Um, what is it called? Google local guide. Um, she's like one of the top five people in the nation for, as a Google local guide. It's kind of similar to like these Yelp elite people. Mm-hmm. She, um, she, there's a whole Google kind of infrastructure in private group around people who um, add information onto my business. Can you e- business. intro
2: me to her? No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sure. Sorry, just kidding. Very busy woman at this point. But uh I, uh I was able to uh get some amazing advice that we that I'm using in my own business with my clients around the how to leverage use of Google My Business. I mean fifty percent of traffic now fifty percent of traffic on Google does not leave that platform. They don't go to your website. They just get the answer on Google and they I, leave. Wow. So, which I, is why which is why everybody needs to have a Google My Business page because I, that's then it's your mm-hmm. you know, it's like your Jersey Shore address on on the Google digital footprint.
2: That's what I always say. That's right. It's true.
0: So anytime you get like, and it's so for example, if you're volunteering for an organization or you are uh, facilitating an event or um, where it's kind of a regular thing. Think about think about not just putting that as a volunteer experience, which nobody sees unless they're digging through your profile. Think about putting that as an experience, like in your list of the jobs you have, yeah. because then that really creates a massive amount of visibility, and 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 you know people will start connecting or start messaging you that you haven't talked to in ages. Especially you have seven thousand people, you get a lot. You'll get a lot of those people you haven't heard from in two years saying congratulations on that that new position or whatever it was.
3: Well, it's
1: interesting, Brian, because I think for whatever reason, our, the human eye tricks us into thinking that that space says employment when it just says experience. Right. So to your point, anything can go in that area. All it's asking for is what experience do you have? Not employment. So many people focus on, okay, what are my w two jobs that I've had and let me put them in there. And that's really not the spirit of what that area is designed for.
2: I agree. I I have probably gotten some of my biggest clients through LinkedIn, just reaching out based on what you just said, experience and wanting to chat and and taking a conversation off, you know, the channel. So it's, it's huge. Um, And it wasn't a job, but it's, it's, business to business and mm-hmm. someone said someone business to business. And I always look, you know, Facebook as business to consumer, but LinkedIn to me is such a great business to business platform.
0: Mm-hmm. If, if you're doing like a significant project with a, with a client, for example, if you're a freelancer or you're, you do project management, you're doing a significant, if you have a client, that's like very significant to you, but as an experience level, what your role is with that company, then you have that, that connection with that company. And, uh, and you'll be, you'll kind of be in that, um, atmosphere of, of that, of that, of that experience. So create lots of uh, extra visibility for you.
2: So we I have had- like one minute to, to wrap up. Anybody else have anything before we close out?
0: Wes is unmuted. Yeah, <laughs> I had
4: a question. Oh, <laughs> the other one. actually, Wesley, if you wanted to go, that's fine. Cause you haven't asked a question yet.
0: Go ahead. Unmute yourself, Wes, Wesley. Baby. I'm sorry it's not really a question I just wanted to commend the host and everybody that was involved because this was really really informative and valuable
2: thank you thanks for joining us yeah absolutely
0: oh, I'm going to as often as possible
2: excellent no thanks for sharing
1: that Thanks again for tuning in to the Boost Podcast. I hope what you heard today will help you to build your brand, optimize relationships, obtain more leads, secure thought leadership space, and tap into new markets. If you liked what you heard, please don't forget to share the podcast with your family and your friends. And while you're at it, don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast. For more information on me or any of the other services that we provide, feel free to head over to our website, kellytleonard.com. I look forward to catching up with you again on the next episode of the Boost Podcast.